Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. Relevant Radio is listener-supported radio. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. To the radio station that supports you heart and soul. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Welcome to the program. This is Trending and Dry Bones Come Alive. I love that. Lauren Daigle, rescue our wayward daughters, our prodigal sons, and bring life enkindle the hearts of all. That is the mission. That is the purpose. This is day two of our Relevant Radio Pledge Drive. Thank you for being here. Timory is set to return from maternity leave tomorrow, so we're excited about that, praying for the adjustment, and so happy to have her back. This is a big week here. Our goal is $3 million here on the Pledge Drive, and that will keep us going for the next three months, and we commit this petition to the Blessed Virgin Mary as we begin every hour of the Pledge Drive, praying the Memorare for the success of this effort. So let's do this now, if you would join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, our mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure that we get the number out right away. And you, as you've heard all day and will continue this week, will have plenty of opportunities to give. But today, your dollar-for-dollar dollar match is here, multiplied, and not tomorrow, so just today. So call now, one 291 on the Relevant Radio app or also RelevantRadio.com, and take advantage of that. We have this big goal, and we thank you. It is also National Marriage Week. Sunday, February 12th is World Marriage Day. One week from today is Valentine's Day, and maybe you want to make your donation in Thanksgiving for your marriage or a marriage that has inspired you. That is our theme, Give from the Heart. And St. Therese of Lisieux, the doctor of the church, she understood that the heart of the church is love, that apostles would no longer proclaim the gospel, martyrs would not shed their blood, families would no longer transmit the faith if the heart stopped 
burning, stopped beating. And so the heart must remain strong so all the organs are made capable of serving as they should, and we need each other in the body of Christ. And my guest today is another vital voice that demonstrates that truth. She is a familiar name here at Relevant Radio, so thankful for that. Mary Eberstadt, she holds the Panula Chair in Christian Culture at the Catholic Information Center in Washington, D.C., is a senior research fellow at the Faith and Reason Institute. She is an essayist, novelist. Her latest book, which was also, I heard, featured on the Drew Mariani Show recently, is Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited, and that's what we'll talk about on today's program as well. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I think it's providential, the timing with the State of the Union address tonight. And and I, I think what we will discuss here is actually going to bring clarity to some of the root causes of, of many of the domestic issues that President Biden will cover, whether it's police reform or the economy, security, you name it. And and I wanted to start with the heart as we began the show, because really at the core of your work, I see a quest for objective truth and I see great compassion. Well, thank you very much for recognizing that. I'd like to explain a little bit about the origin of the kind of work that I do. Uh, Because I'm a researcher in the social sciences, I have been aware for a long time that perfectly secular social science was showing the correlations between, say, living outside biblical teaching and all kinds of personal and social problems. And so that's what the new book, Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited, is about. It's about the social side of this, the kind of political problems and political divisiveness we are seeing in a world where many people consider themselves post-Christian and post-family. And so what I'm doing is bringing secular evidence to bear on this thesis. And this is such a great opening point for engagement to talk about because we can, you think we can meet here, we can meet on what is knowable. And when you examine the data that you've collected on the impact of, of secular modernity, and so that's the breakdown of the family, uh, cohabitation, education, and the decline in religious observation, just a few examples, it becomes very clear that the sexual revolution and the information that you find bears out this has not aided the poor or made people freer or liberated or happier, but indeed has inflicted more damage. And what I think is so important about that is just what you said. You can be libertarian or atheist or progressive and agree we can come together there because you're bringing us facts and objective measurements. Do you think that's the best way to begin to engage and tackle these issues? Well, I think that we live at a time of incredible tension where with every passing year, the problems with the way that many people have lived post-1960s are more and more apparent, and not only in individual lives, but in society at large. I think a lot of people in the United States have the feeling that something has gone wrong. And what I'm trying to do is get to the root cause of that thing. And the problem is that, of course, there's There's great resistance to this message, not within the church, but in the wider world that needs it so badly. There's resistance because many people want to believe that the sexual revolution was a good thing and that having all of these, quote, choices in our lives is a good thing. So what I'm trying to do is use facts and evidence amassed by perfectly secular social scientists, perfectly secular researchers, and say, look, this is the fallout of the way we have been living. 
Why are we seeing, for example, a drug epidemic that is worse than any that has gone before? Why are we seeing American life expectancy declining for the first time in recorded history and so-called deaths of despair? That phrase didn't even exist 10 years ago, and now it's, it's a commonplace. What I'm pointing to is the origins of these problems and other problems, which I think have to do with the atomization, the shrinking of the family, the breakup of the family, and the falling away from organized religion, especially Christianity. So let's take the, we know fentanyl is huge, but the the drugs in our country and what we're seeing and what they're calling zombie cities. Let's take that one issue because I know that will be addressed tonight in the State of the Union. What does your research tell you about how we've gotten to this point? These open air drug markets and the things that are happening, certainly the treatments aren't working, but the source and the root, what do you find there? Well, why would anyone choose to live on a street in freezing cold weather? Uh, this, this choice comes about because, first of all, people, many people lack the robust extended family that would prevent this kind of outcome. Most of the people we see on the streets of the United States who are out of their minds on drugs do not have good personal networks. Now, why might that be? Well, my point is that after the 1960s, a lot of things happened to the family unit. Families got smaller through abortion, through contraception. They got smaller through family breakup. And the result has been that over the last 60 years, we have really subtracted out of many lives the people who could have been expected to help them to have their backs. And so, in other words, why is the drug crisis at epic proportions? I think the obvious bottom line answer is that there's an emotional crisis out there. There's a feeling of lack on the part of millions of people that lead them to seek these substances in the first place. Well, because it almost seems like they're okay, we have the brokenness and we then we have a vulnerability. And that's almost like a perfect storm for what we have in identity politics and in the trans movement and gangs and things because they're given a pseudo family. They're giving a substitute for what should have been that foundational rightly ordered element. Is it a replacement? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly, this is a perfect example. Why, for example, are so many young men in criminal street gangs of different kinds? It's not as if this hasn't been studied. It's been studied and given some of the citations in the book, it looks like the street gangs operate as substitute families. The overwhelming majority of boys in these gangs are coming from fatherless homes. So they're looking for something that will do what a home with a father will do, which is to protect them, to have their backs, to give them loyalty. So again, we see at the root of this problem of criminality on the streets of many of our cities is this fundamental lack that did not used to exist on the scale that it does today. So that's a great example of how these dots connect, again, without needing theology uh, or religious history, just having the facts about what the people who study these things say is enough. We are speaking with Mary Eberstadt. I want to spell your last name just so people are able to easily find your book. The book we're talking about now, although you've written many and they merit study, each and every one, Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited, this book first written in 2012, now revised with a foreword by Cardinal George Pell. Mary, last name E-B, I'm sorry, Mary, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I need to correct that misimpression. This is not a revised version of the first book. This is an entirely new book. And the forward oh, that Cardinal contributed was to a brand new manuscript. Yes, the, the first book, if I can say quickly, looked at the sexual revolution's effects on men, women, children, and overall happiness. And this book is about its effects on the widest spheres imaginable, our politics, our society, and what it is doing to the church. Thank you. And really comprehensive. Uh, I want to make sure that we can find it. The, your last name, E-B-E-R-S-T-A-D-T. We have just a short period of time here, but I want to take a call before we get into the break. Mark is on the line from California and has a question in regards to this feminist culture. And you're on with Mary. Mark, are you with us? Hi. Uh, Ms. Eberstadt, thanks. Uh, I love the title to your book. Uh, It's intriguing. And yeah, how would you say broach the topic in a conversation with a potential volatile in modern in a 20th century feminism? You know, the Old Testament and New Testament values are that the man. Well, see, I can't even say it. Man rules over a woman. How do you discuss, do you agree? I mean, how do you even talk about that with where you might fire up some, some old, you know, top, you know, some old grievances? Do you know what I mean? Of course I know what you mean. And I think that that question comes secondary to the more fundamental question of why is there so much trouble between men and women? In other words, I think we can get to that other one after we address what every woman knows. I mean, left wing, right wing and otherwise. And and most men know this, too. There's a unique kind of division between the sexes, a new kind of distrust. Where is it coming from? And my answer, which I share often with secular audiences, is this we have to understand is coming from the pill. It's coming about because men and women no longer trust each other because that's what the sexual revolution has done to romance. And so to get back to a better place where men and women can find each other again and get along better again and have a better understanding of one another, first we have to understand why things went off the rails in the first place. And that's one of the things I'm trying to explain with this book. Mary Eberstadt, novelist, playwright, essayist, columnist, author of several books, including the one that we're talking about now, Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited, is with us today. This is day two of our pledge drive here on Relevant Radio. My name is Brooke Taylor. In for Timory, you're listening to Trending. Cal Clark is also with us as we continue in our pledge drive. If you have a question for Mary, one 914-9149 is the number to call. Father Rocky is up next and will give you uh, everything you need, get you up to speed on how to help out and donate and be a part of our pledge drive. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hi, Father Rocky here asking you to give from the heart. Our winter pledge drive is underway and we've got matching funds this hour so your gift gets doubled. Please help us with our operating costs by making a tax-deductible donation at relevantradio.com or on the app or by calling 877-291-0123. We've got a special gift for you. If you can give it the $50 a month level, it's a rustic pillow, very comfy. And it's got the design of a monstrance in the words that say, come to me and I will give you rest. It's great for couches, chairs, window seats, or beds. 
We'll send you one for a gift of $50 a month or more to Relevant Radio, and it's a great hour to give. We have a dollar-for-dollar match this hour, so your gift to Relevant Radio will be doubled. Give online now at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. The number is 877-291-0123. Hey, this is Kale Clark from The Kale Clark Show and the Faith Explained program on Relevant Radio. Joining Brooke Taylor, sitting in for Timory. It's Brooke's last day for with us for a little while. She'll be back, of course, but Timory's coming back tomorrow. We want to give Brooke a great send-off. And she's just doing such a great job today. Mary Eberstadt, the great Mary Eberstadt, joining her, having a fun conversation, an informative conversation about how the culture is being really torn apart and what we can do to rebuild it. And, and Brooke, so much talk about uh, the destruction of the family and how people are looking for family anywhere they can find it. Well, with Relevant Radio, we really are a family all together. We're a team because we're all in this as one, whether it's show hosts, whether it's producers, whether it's behind the scenes, all the great staff that we have at Relevant Radio. And you, our listeners, you're part of the team, 877-291-0123. If you want this kind of life-changing radio to stay on the air, the only option is to try to help. And uh, you can do that by going to relevantradio.com or to the app. We, we do need your help. You know, only a very small percentage of our listeners uh, actually donate. And if Relevant Radio has helped you uh, in the past, if you're finding this content to be uh, something that's helping you in your spiritual life and something you can be proud to share with others, why not consider making a donation? No matter how small, no matter how big, every dollar is matched 100% for these next few minutes. But we're not having this uh, offer tomorrow. There will not be a match going on tomorrow. So now's your chance, and now is the time to really seize this opportunity by calling 877-291-0123 or going to the app, Brooke. You know, it's easy, Kale, to feel self-conscious when you're a placeholder because I'm I'm holding Timory's place right here, and I'm thinking, what if I drop the ball? What if no one gives in the hour that I am on, and we're doing this great? It's going to be my fault. So I know that we can <laughs> count on our listeners because you always are there. You don't let us down, and we have so many thank yous already. I'm looking at Hollis in Illinois, Maria in Covina, California. Thank we also you. have um, Ginny in Minnesota. We have Livermore, California, Georgia. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Ginny is a brand new donor. Wow. She gave thank an you, online Jenny. gift. Yes. Yeah, so that means she gets that talk by Father James Kabicki. James Kabicki. And your financial support allows us to continue reaching souls with the message of Jesus Christ, the fullness of truth only found in the Catholic Church. And you hear what Mary's saying. And we also know that we were there in the March for Life, the coverage of the funeral of Benedict XVI and all of these world events and faith-based events, you know that we are going to offer with great faithfulness and it's inspiring. And we are a family, as you said, Kale. 877-291-0123 is the number to call. Give from the heart, the Relevant Radio app or relevantradio.com. And thank you so much for your support. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Mary Eberstadt, 
essayist, columnist, author of several books, including Primal Screams, How the Sexual Revolution Created Identity Politics, and the book we're talking about today, Adam and Eve, After the Pill Revisited, is my guest today. My name is Brooke Taylor. In for Timory, you are listening to Trending. And Mary, there is a scene. I was reading the foreword of your book, and it recalled to mind the scene of The Last Judgment. It's painted by Giotto in Scriveni Chapel in, in Padua, Italy. And in it, it reminded me of this contrast because you see the painting, the portion of hell, which is chaos. There is confusion and it's unclear and things are upturned. Nothing makes sense. And then you see the contrast of heaven and there is beautiful harmony and order. And even just looking at it, you feel at peace. Things are are right and you can see that. And it's order and disorder. And, and I think that's key because, you know, we that's how warfare works, this fog of war kind of thing. It becomes confusing. We can't see clearly. We don't know what's solid and what's shadow. And then we become unsettled by that. And then we get angry. And before we know it, we, we've we lost our way and we don't even recognize where we are or who to trust or what we're doing. And it just seems like there's a lot of that going on, certainly from the, the sexual revolution, that fog of war that happened for decades, even looking at you know COVID and people not knowing what was real and, and, and propaganda and that sort of thing. And and you take us into that, how you give us the evidence that all of these promises made to women of a better future has only brought further trauma and brokenness and harm. And the fallout now is generations, societies, of course, in the West, a lot of people hurting, a lot of people not doing well. When you look at the the entire corpus of data that you see, um, I guess, what is your your first takeaway of that? Do you think that it will continue to mount, that we really can't refute this after too much longer? Well, thank you, Brooke. I do think there's a case for hope, and we can get to that. But first, I'd like to zero in on what we're seeing out there. And this is something that the late, great Cardinal Powell talks about in his foreword to the book. What he and I discussed was this idea that there's a new kind of chaos afoot. In 1930, the great writer Evelyn Waugh said that the choice was no longer between Catholicism and Protestantism. It was between Christianity and chaos. And so I run with that theme in the book to say that when Evelyn Waugh said that, there was chaos all over the world because of the First World War, and there was about to be a lot more because of the Second. But even so, there were institutions that still held the West recovered from the wars and the family as an institution was intact. The churches were intact. There was even a kind of mini religious revival for 15 years following World War II. The chaos we're seeing now is different. It has been ushered in by the sexual revolution. And as I explain in the book, it operates on several levels. There's intellectual chaos in the universities. There's chaos in romance as men and women absorb the lies of the culture around them and don't know what to make of each other anymore and have fewer and fewer models in their families for understanding the opposite sex. So this is the kind of um, evidence that you can see in the footnotes to the book. I should add that I made the book as readable as possible, so you won't be distracted by the footnotes. It's not written for academics. It's written for the general reader because what people, and I think especially Catholics, have to understand is that the world around us and the wreckage that's piling up in it is vindicating what the Catholic Church has been saying. 
about marriage, about family. This evidence goes to show that it wasn't just a net neutral to take the church out of this discussion, to take Christian morality out of the discussion. No, putting all of that off the table, as happened starting in the 1960s, is having very bad effects on society. Mm. And I'm just looking at our time. We have just one minute, but you know, we that's the chaos part. So in before we get to the break, maybe you can give us a little hint how we get back to the order part. Well, it's been encouraging that 10 years ago when I started talking about this stuff, there was a very little understanding on the part of secular media. But in the last couple of years alone, there have been new looks at the sexual revolution coming from outside the Catholic Church. And these are newly skeptical, and that's one sign of hope. I want to pick that right up where we, uh, when we come back, right there. Mary Everstadt is with us. We're talking about the book Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited. Mary, playwright, essayist, essayist, columnist, and author of several books. This is also day two of our pledge drive here on Relevant Radio. We'll be back with more and how you can give and help us out here on Trending. Kale Clark joining Brooke Taylor, sitting in for Timory today. It's day two of our pledge drive, Give from the Heart. It's our winter pledge drive. We only do this four times a year. Other groups, in fact, I got an email from a listener to Relevant Radio who says he gets inundated with requests from ministries every single day asking for support. And they do need it. These are all good causes. But we only do this four times a year because we want to focus on the content. We want you to make it possible for us to keep delivering it. So call 877-291-0123 or go to RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. I want to thank Don in Cinnamonson, New Jersey. I hope I'm saying that right. It was such a fun name. I just had to say it on air. (laughs) Don in Cinnamonson has given us a very spicy gift of $240 (laughs) per month. It's a new market for us. Thank you so much, Don. Really appreciate you. I want to thank also an anonymous donor in Henderson, Nevada, who has given us $300 as a recurring gift, a new donor in a new market for us in Nevada. We've got some great listeners in Las Vegas and all over that great state. We thank you for that. We want to thank Veronica in Escondido, California, who has given in Coming in at the $50 level, we really want to appreciate you. And she also gave online. Don't forget, when you do give $50 a month for the year to Relevant Radio, and don't forget, your donations are tax deductible. We want to send you this beautiful pillow. Father Rocky talked about it. You probably heard about this earlier in the pill, in the. Uh, uh, I was going to say earlier in the pillow, but earlier in the program, it's been a long day. But but hey, when, you, when it's been a, about that pillow, yeah, I tell you, if it's been a long day, you need to rest on this rustic pillow that we have for you, and it's just really really nice. Uh, it's got an image of the monstrance, and of course, a quote from our Lord from Matthew's Gospel, where he says, "Come to me, and I will give you rest." Uh, it's a great gift. Uh, there are lots of other pledge drive premiums you can check out on our website, relevantradio.com, or the app. Just click on the banner. Uh, we've got a beautiful book. We're going to be talking about this a little bit more tomorrow. Sister Faustina Maria Pia, uh, Sister of Life, has written a book yes. called Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day personal retreat with the litany of trust. I love that prayer. That's a good one, too. For a dollar a day, uh, you can get that less than the price of a cup of coffee. That's for sure. 877-291-0123, relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app, Brooke. 
And remember, you can see all of the premiums if you go online and it takes about 60 seconds or maybe even less if you donate online, safe, secure, relevantradio.com, relevant radio app, easy to do there. I love the app or call one 877 Our theme is Give from the Heart. Give from the Heart and you'll be gone and out in 60 seconds, but don't, don't go, stay. Stay for more of Trending coming up with Brooke right now. This is the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Give from the heart. Welcome back to the program. Mary Everstad is with us. She holds the Panula Chair of Christian Culture at the Catholic Information Center in Washington, D.C. She is a senior research fellow at the Faith and Reason Institute. And we're talking about her book, Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited. My name is Brooke Taylor. It has been a joy to be with you. Guest hosting along with Patrick Conley, Damon Omens during these weeks when Timory has been on maternity leave. So this is a big week. We are in day two of our pledge drive on our way to that $3 million goal. And Timory will be back tomorrow. So we are celebrating that. It's also National Marriage Week. And Mary, I want to resume our conversation where we left off before the break. You said that secular media is now acknowledging the data about the breakdown of the family, for example. And I was it made me think of uh, Oliver Stone. He's an American director, very well known. And he wrote a book about an autobiography, his own life and the trauma, the devastation of a broken family and how that has impacted the trajectory of his entire life. He was an only child. His mother was Catholic. His father was Jewish. He was, you know, raised Episcopalian. And he wrote, he directed Platoon and a lot of films, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. But he talked about in an interview recently that father-son relationships have featured heavily in his films, the breakdown of his own family and the impact on his life, that that was a primal identifier for him. And he still talks about it. He's not a young man. And it just seems like generations are walking around with this open wound and might realize something's gushing out, but they can't identify where it is, where that wound is. And studies show clearly this is deeply damaging. And you have a chapter called The Fury of the Fatherlessness. So can you explore that a little bit with us? Yeah, Brooke, I think the example of Oliver Stone is an excellent case in point. More and more, we are seeing testimonies from people from way outside religious orbits explaining what this kind of post-revolutionary brokenness did to them. And in addition to that example, uh, for example, uh, the, the rapper Tupac Shakur, who was an idol to many millions of American teenagers, wrote about this in his raps. He wrote uh, one in particular about having to learn how to play baseball by himself. Playing catch by himself was the immortal line that resonated with many millions of kids. The same is true of Eminem. These are Eminem's themes that he's returned to throughout his career. What it's like not to have a father, uh, what it's like to have a dysfunctional family, etc. So, as I was saying before the break, little by little, from the, the secular world itself, we are seeing evidence of new skepticism. And I think what we have to do is supply the language for that. Because as you say, many people, especially young people, are broken and searching and angry. But what they have to understand is that the the words they've been told to attach to that anger, you know, abstractions like heteronormativity or the patriarchy, 
uh, et cetera, are abstractions. This is not what's wrong with them. What's wrong with them is that they are growing up in this post-60s world and its problems are being compounded for each generation. So today's young Zoomers and millennials are carrying a lot on their shoulders. And I think we need to honor that and to supply them with a language uh, that understands their suffering and to tell them that there is an alternative, the Catholic view of men and women as ennobled creatures who participate in a cosmic plan is a very grand view of human nature. And you can't find that anywhere in the secular world. The secular world teaches that instead we're just bunches of molecules randomly assembled. We have no higher horizon. People deep down know that this is wrong, and it's up to us to explain it to them in language that they can use to make sense of their suffering. And that's what I love about your book, the way you lay it out. I wish I could buy a copy for everyone that I know. And I think the title is fantastic, but it's only a taste of what you'll find inside. Contained within really is this global un hacking of so many issues, even beyond what I imagined. And you start to really connect those dots. And so we're talking now about family. And tonight at the State of the Union, the mother, the stepfather of, of Tyree Nichols are expected to be present. This is, of course, the, the tragic story in Memphis of the young man that died at the hands of the police there. But I also saw Corey Bush is bringing Michael Brown Sr. as a guest. And so when it comes to police reform, for example, and even the extreme views of, of defunding the police, you really pull back the curtain there and going back to the father aspect and, and the issues. And I want to read just a quick excerpt. You, you write this. You say the lived connection between social breakdown and family breakdown has been inescapable since long before the death of George Floyd. But the long, hot summer of 2020 is even more complex than the subplot revolving around missing dads. As noted throughout this book, more and more Americans, especially young Americans, have suffered not one, but several ruptured connections to authority and community simultaneously. And that truth illuminates something otherwise opaque, why even the young who come from intact homes are affected to some degree, waxes and wanes in the world, strong one moment, weaker the next. So really, it's important, I guess, you go back then to the secularization, um, then more than what we could probably even anticipate of our country. Well, yes, and I'd like to add, Brooke, that for all the bad news in the book, this is not a finger-pointing book. The point right. isn't to say things that make people feel bad. I right. feel very free to say these things in part because I was raised myself by a single mother for some years. So I don't have any compunction, and I don't think any of us should because we're talking about the truth. Going back to that chapter, the fury of the fatherless, what happened in the United States in summer 2020? There were over 10,000 incidents of, quote, unrest. This has been studied. The riots, uh, the protests. Of those 10,000 incidents, something like 500 turned violent. And in that chapter, I get into some of the actors, some of the people in Portland who shot or were shot, and not just in Portland, in other places. Because if you do research on these figures, what you find, of course, is that the majority of people who are out protesting night after night and throwing things at the police and vandalizing stores, etc., are not coming from stable places. No one who's, say, a young father of three um, is going to be doing that at two in the morning. No, these are atomized people, most of them young men, 
who obviously have not been trained up uh, not to do these things. So there we see again the connection between fatherlessness and violence in the streets, and the chapter uh, lays it out in a lot more detail than I can here. But again, this is evidence for us. It doesn't matter what direction you're coming from. You could be a Marxist. You could be an atheist. You have to look at this evidence and make a case against it, which I don't think is possible. Well, and that's what I really appreciated. As you said, it isn't an angry book. It's a book actually that gave me a lot of hope because I was able, even in studying, whether it's social science or, or theology or just reading the signs of the times as scripture talks about, that you're able to connect these dots. And that's why I said it's an act of love. And you talk about this as well, that people are victims, but they're not victims of what they think. And you're able to really put together those puzzle pieces that really widely speaking, the secular marketplace is not offering. Well, yes, I think suffering underlies a lot of what we see. I guess I have a problem sometimes when people inside the church or out of it just dismiss a lot of what's happening out there as snowflakeism. You know, it's just these spoiled kids acting up. I don't think that's true. As I mentioned in the book, to take one example, it's pretty hot button, the example of uh, transgenderism. At one point, I sat down and did research on nine leading Hollywood celebrities who had just declared themselves non-binary. And Brooke, in every single case, there were two common denominators, parental breakup and sexual or physical abuse in childhood. In every case, I wrote that up for Newsweek. Uh, Listeners can find it if they want to see the piece. But that's a stunning example of how suffering leads to dysfunction. And we have to understand these things because the wider secular culture will not affirm that. We have to affirm it vigorously ourselves. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what we said in the beginning is when you're grieving and you might not even be when you're young, you might not even be able to put language to that if you were very little and your family dissolved. But then that leaves you vulnerable. And and if you look to scripture, what does scripture say? The enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. And so you're easy prey for different situations. And then before you know it, you know, things get complicated and complex and it just compounds the grief. And then we get angry. And there's there's all sorts of people that are are walking around that never had those wounds healed or they don't understand, for example, the the value of suffering or the Paschal mystery or that it could be a part of their purpose. And I think that's the other aspect too, is people are losing hope. You talk a lot about loneliness in your book, and maybe you can touch on that as well. Well, every sociologist who studies this, Brooks, says that there is an epidemic of loneliness in the United States and indeed across the Western world. My point again is, where is that coming from? It's coming because after the sexual revolution, people in many cases stopped having families. Many people don't have very many other people they can call their own. And this is reverberating in ways that nobody could have seen coming, say, in 1968, but that we have to grapple with now. And I find that talking about loneliness really strikes a chord with people because it's something that intensified during the pandemic, especially among people who did not have strong family networks. So there we have another example of how what the church has been teaching about the need to be in community, the need to worship together, the need to do good works together, 
the need to shore up families. The church has been saying all of these unpopular things. And once more, we have to understand that the world is vindicating these teachings. Right. And I know for Catholics. I think we have, to, we have to take a quick break, but I was just going to say, I, I heard you talk about this as well with the, the population crisis. It, well, the global, you know, those would say, well, you maybe shouldn't have children because, you know, we're overpopulated. And the very thing that could bring happiness to a young person, which is a home, a family and children, then they're being told it's going to be better for you if you don't. And like you were talking about with the gender, they are being mutilated and they're losing their fertility. And then they just, it seems, are in worse off condition. So the reality is that these things are not working and studies bear that out. The reality is that the secular world will throw gasoline on the fire here. And so once more, people who understand these things in a fuller way are obliged to share that understanding and to use it to try to bring people into communities that many young people don't even know exist. Yes, and that's healing and restorative and well-ordered. We're going to take a break. We have a miracle moment coming up. This is day two of our pledge drive here on Relevant Radio. Mary Eberstadt is with us. She is a columnist, essayist, novelist, author of many books, including the one we're talking about here on the program, Adam and Eve, After the Pill Revisited. Do you have a question for Mary? 1-888-914-9149 is the number to call. We have just a little bit of time left. We can take your call. My name is Brooke Taylor in for Timory. You're listening to Trending. We'll be right back. Changing lives in your neighborhood and across the nation. Here's another relevant radio miracle moment. This is from Norma in California, and she says, Dear Patrick, once I started listening to your show, I was hooked. Sometimes when I hear the hard questions and difficult callers, I find it hard to listen. But you never cease to impress me and make me proud of being a Catholic. As a oh. Catholic, this is nice. As a Catholic, I have many occasions when others attack my faith and I just have to walk away. Since I started listening to you, I've developed the courage to respond instead of walking away. Mm. Sometimes I make sense, usually I don't, but my confidence is growing. I am a Catholic for life, thanks to you. And above all, thanks to God for putting Patrick Madrid on Relevant Radio. Thank you, Patrick. I hope oh, wow. to see you in heaven, Norma. Wow, what a beautiful note. This miracle moment was brought to you by you. Make a tax-deductible donation now to support our mission at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Kale Clark alongside Brooke Taylor for these last few minutes of trending. It's your last chance to get in on this partnership challenge where every gift is matched dollar for dollar just for the next 14 minutes. So don't miss this opportunity. Some of you who have jumped on it, Daniel in Lathrop, California, home of the new Tesla Mega Pack factory. If you know, you know. <laughs> I talked about it on my show. And hey, maybe he works there, but he, he just he just made a mega gift of $300 a month, a recurring gift, an online gift. He's a new donor. And that means that he's going to get that beautiful talk by Father James Kabicki, MP3, sent to him as well. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you, Daniel. What a wonderful gift. Also want to highlight an anonymous gift from Buffalo, New York, $100, an online gift that now becomes $200. Amazing. Great, great, great stuff, guys. Great stuff coming in. We've got Walter in Modesto, California, with a very lovely gift of $20. He's a new donor. Really appreciate you, Walter. That becomes $40, no matter how small or gift or big your gift is. The the challenge is to give sacrificially. It always is. And... 
whether you maybe you've just gotten your tax receipt and and maybe you've done your taxes you're a little bit early and uh, you want to reinvest that into the kingdom that's a great idea 877-291-0123 want to remind you that all gifts to relevant radio are also tax deductible we are a 501c3 organization and we're going to take good care of the funds that you entrust us with we're going to use it for our mission at relevantradio.com the relevant radio app easy and quick ways to give right now brooke yes and remember our goal is three million dollars so we have quite a lofty uh reach but we know we can get there we have already launched into great success day two of our pledge drive again that Mm -hmm. matching dollar for dollar is going away tomorrow so this is really your last kind of home stretch day to do that at least for today and again the number is 1-877-291-0123 super quick and secure to give online at relevantradio.com or the relevant radio app and i had a chance to listen to a little bit of father james kavicki's talk when you give online you receive that right away any Mm -hmm. amount and he was talking about the sacred heart and it was such an answer to prayer because i just got a question from my uh, son's teacher his fifth my fifth grade teacher and he wants me to plan the valentine's party Mm -hmm. and the entire talk i don't want to give it away without giving much uh, details Father James Kabicki was talking about the Sacred Heart and talking to children in a classroom about the mm, symbolism. So good, so powerful. So that's just one little gem out of the many you'll receive. Yeah, get it if you give online through the app or relevantradio.com. 877-291-0123. Give from the heart right now. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Mary Everstadt is with us. So grateful for her time this hour. What a gift. I recommend her new book. It's called Adam and Eve After the Pill Revisited, really all of her writings. And she's talking now about the things that ail us based on the data, what the information is showing us. She's a columnist, essayist, playwright, author of several books and the State of the Unions tonight. So it's been very illuminative as we go into that and looking at the root causes of different things and the possible, we've got the breakdown of the family, why we have the growth and secularization. And Mary, as we just wrap up here, I want to share just a brief note from the Venerable Fulton Sheen and and get your thoughts on this as we go forward and look ahead. And he says, such self-containment, we talked about loneliness before the break. He says, can prove a prison if one is locked into it with his own ego alone, for there is no more confining straitjacket in the world than that of the self left to itself. The cure never lies in using a psychoanalytic scalpel to release the inner moral pus and watch it flow. That is a morbid act for both the patient and the doctor. The cure rather consists in discovering why one is lonely and afraid of solitude. For most people have a dread of being alone without knowing what frightens them. So we're looking at things exteriorly and what's going on, but do you think also it's the heart and looking interiorly as well? Well, of course, Brooke, and that's a beautiful quotation. There's no doubt that, as Solzhenitsyn said, the line between good and evil runs through every human heart. So fallen human nature is always there. But since the 1960s, we have problems created by a revolution that was adopted widely across the West and could be reversed as people understand how miserable it's making many people. You know, again, when most people are polled, when most women in particular are surveyed, they say what they want more than anything is 
marriage and a family. And this is true across the political spectrum. And for some reason, this has become harder for people to find. These longstanding cures for loneliness, marriage and a family, uh, are difficult now for many people. They have to reinvent the wheel. That's unfortunate because the blueprint has been there all along. It is the blueprint of Christian teaching, honoring the family, talking about the sanctity of marriage and children. And I really think that in an age like ours, when the sexual revolution has created so much damage, that message itself will bring in converts the way it has throughout Christian history. You know, these teachings have been unpopular in every single era, but they have also brought people in who know the truth of them. Mm. And that gives us such hope. Again, this dark world and in the lights that are lighting the way home back to where we need to go. You have the cross amid the chaos, the epilogue. If you could just give us a concluding note of hope, and that was extremely hopeful there. But as we wrap up just with the the beauty of what we know is in store with trust and with, um, you know, walking forward in faithfulness. A lot of Christians, and especially Catholics, have become apologetic about some of the Church's most difficult teachings. This is exactly the wrong moment to do that. So take off the kick-me sign that some Catholics are wearing (laughs) and stand proudly there knowing about all the evidence that is vindicating the teachings of the Church. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much, Mary Eberstadt. The book is available now, Adam and Eve, After the Pill Revisited. Thank you so much for your time. The work that you are doing, it offers clarity and the chaos, truly an act of compassion. That is an act of love, and it's important not to get discouraged. Uh, where's the best place we can get the book, Mary? At Ignatius Press or at Amazon.com or go to my mm. website, MaryEberstadt.com. We will do it. God bless you, and thank you so much for your time. St. John Chrysostom said Christians must never yield to the temptation to become wolves among wolves, and that this is a reminder to have love carried forward. And we thank you so much to Mary. My name is Brooke Taylor. You're listening to Trending. And this is Kale Clark from The Kale Clark Show and the Faith Explained program, joining Brooke for these last few minutes of trending for today. Tim will be back in the chair tomorrow, but this is your last chance over these next few minutes to donate and have your gift match dollar for dollar. It's a partnership challenge. Call 877-291-0123 or go to relevantradio.com or the app to do it right now. I want to thank Roman in Lehigh, Utah. This is a, a Roman is a new donor in a new market and this is the second gift that Roman has made already in this pledge drive coming in at that dollar a day level. And you're going to get a beautiful uh, book sent to you called Jesus, I Trust in You, a 30-day personal retreat with the Litany of Trust by Sister Faustina Maria Pia from the Sisters of Life. The Litany of Trust is a beautiful prayer, and this is a beautiful book that will help you to trust in our Lord. So why not trust Him a little more right now? Take that step of faith and donate. Maybe, maybe there's some large gifts out there. Maybe somebody's being moved right now to give $10,000 or even $20,000. That could become $40,000 because every gift is doubled, no matter how big, no matter how small. God looks at the generosity of the heart. And I really want to thank you in advance for what you're going to do over these next few minutes. 877-291-0123 or the relevant radio app, Brooke. We have a fantastic 
incentive if you give a pledge of $1,200 or more, that's $100 a month for a Mm -hmm. year, then we will send you a special thank you gift. It is, this is a Catholic home wall plaque. We actually have that in our home. It is something we are grateful for. You know, we write in the uh, time of Epiphany, we write the year and the the wise men names on the door. We have the plaque. We have Our Lady in the front. You are good to go. So I feel like this is what you need in, in in our toolkit, our arsenal here. Jesus tells us we are the light of the world. We shouldn't hide that light. It's a beautiful plaque if you give that. Plus, you'll also, if you do, get that monstrance rustic pillow that you've been talking about. I know you've got your eye on that, Kale, (laughs) and that book. (laughs) Jesus, I trust in you. I think Sister Faustina Maria was on the Internet Life today. She uh, wrote that. She's from the Sisters of Life. It's a 30-day personal retreat. And then anything, any gift online, you receive, of course, that talk from Father James Kabicki, which is fantastic. It surely is. And, and one of the best things you can do is just kick back, a rest on your pillow, read that book. <laughs> it's it's a great way to grow in your spiritual life. And, and do download the podcast of The Inner Life. You can catch Sister Faustina Maria Pia. That's one of the great things about our programs. We put every single one of them out in podcast form after the show is over. We want to reach as many people as we possibly can through every media that we can get our hands on, whether it's podcasts, whether it's live radio. We have almost 200 stations across the United States. We've got to keep these towers up. We've got to keep them running. We want to get more and more so we can blanket the United States and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And don't forget... We've got an, another new market for us, Brooke, is Las Vegas. We've got a lot of coverage right. now in the state of Nevada, a lot of great listeners, a lot of great callers. And you can double down, as it were. Sorry to, uh, you know, we'll use a little Vegas term that's familiar. You can <laughs> double down with this partnership challenge. You didn't laugh. Yeah, I was, I was, kind, of, I was kind of wondering whether I'd lost my touch there. <laughs> but hey, this is not a gamble. This is an investment in eternity, when you call right now, your gift will be doubled, your gift will be matched, and it'll have an incalculable impact on people's hearts, souls, and on the future. 877-291-0123, RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. You know, I shared this on your show, and I know we're wrapping up, but I want to just offer it as a quick thought for our listeners just coming in, because I think it's really powerful. It's uh, the Canadian philosopher Marshall McLuhan, and he talked a Mm. lot about technology and media and the power, the responsibility that we have. And he says, when we're on the air and away, you are everywhere at once. And that electric man is a, quote, super angel. When our voice is being carried We have no body, but yet we are everywhere and that literally we become discarnate. And so we have a great responsibility Mm. to point back to the incarnate God Mm. and always reflect back the incarnate church. And when you hear a guest like Mary and what you do, you realize the importance of objective truth in the era we're in, especially. You got love it. Preach, Brooke. Preach. 877-291-0123. Hey, you know who's an electric man? Father Rocky. He's coming up right now with the family (laughs) rosary across America. But don't forget to call in 877-291-0123 or go to RelevantRadio.com or the app. Give from the heart right now.